Bantertown coming at you. Oh, yeah. We're back with another episode of Talk About That. I'm uh, John. It's my friend Johnny. <laughs> Did you forget your name? <laughs> that's, that's really Wait relevant information. Second. I don't know. You're, you got cruise head going on. You still got a little fog. You know, I feel like that every time we come on the show, we talk about how tired we are. And I don't want to do that anymore. This but it's is, true. Uh, it's never been more true than right now. Yeah. I just got off a plane, so I have that. Yeah, you but that back. sounds like a very like I'm very busy. Oh, I'm very... Me. One, you get on a plane again tomorrow to L.A. Right? Going to Los Angeles for a music festival. Yeah, seven thousand people. Wow. Yeah, I mean, not there for me. If each, I'm one like of to them, throw in. If each one of them gave a dollar, bro. That's true. That's they did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making anywhere close to that. No, um, it'll be fun though. For King and Country are there? Oh yeah. And uh, who else that you might know? Because I don't know a lot of the new bands. There's uh, evidently I'm, I'm performing before uh, this band called Social Club Misfits. Okay. And I didn't know who they were, but evidently they're like a big deal right now in uh, CCM. So Social Club Misfits. I think it's a good it's a good fit. I feel like a Social Club Misfit. Yeah, I was going to say if that. ever there was one. <laughs> but yeah, for King and Country performed that night, so that'll be fun. I, I like I, for that, King. That's the big draw. Well, they have like a crossover hit right now on secular radio. Yeah. Yeah. As does Lauren Daigle. Lauren Daigle's everywhere. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, for them to both have hits on, like, the top 40. Yeah. We were actually talking about Lauren Daigle in the staff meeting this week a little bit, and our worship director was asking, she was like, she was like, look, I love Lauren Daigle. She was, I'm just like, I'm surprised. Like, I want to know why 107.5 The River, which is like in Nashville, you know. The River. The River. Like, they're just playing overtly right. Christian songs from It's kind of like when uh, Mercy Me. Yeah broke through with i can only imagine it's it's a clearly yeah. uh, religious song and you just hear it at walmart and be like is anybody else does everybody right. know what this is about well like i'd be in lowe's like mercy me had a lot of other yeah. crossovers too and they were just straight you're like weeping buying lumber <laughs> <laughs> this is great stuff and i'm picking up great stuff anyway <laughs> <That's so I'd>, <laughs> we'll edit that out that's awful <laughs> You know, I had a radio interview this week. Yeah, and and it, one of the questions, and Johnny, I don't. It's I, I was I, I tried not to laugh at them yeah. because it was it was not the it was it was fine. It yeah. went really well. She was very very nice. Right. You know? And there was a question I knew kind of from and my publicists are great. There was a question in there. I kind of just had let it ride. You know, wasn't sure, but they asked it for the first time in any of these interviews. Yeah, and it was how did you first become interested in comedy? Oh, well. <laughs> so if you laugh at it, it sounds like you aren't taking yourself seriously <laughs> right. as a comedian or as a humorist, whatever you think you are. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't think I'm anything. I How was did just you like, ever? But you wrote a comedy book, so it's like, that's a thing. So, yeah. so it's a question you're going to get, man. I was just like, well, and of course I talked about you. <laughs> <laughs> you deflected. So you guys should go listen to my friend. I did that forever. I did this for so long. When I first started traveling with Tim, I would go to these events and I'd finish to be like, oh man, this was so great. Thanks for coming. And. And I'd be like, yeah, man, I've been traveling with this guy named Tim Hawkins, and man, he's the real deal, and man, he's really, really doing something big, and he's just like, well, I don't know who that is, but you're really great. <laughs> like, I, I just didn't think about it that way. Yeah. I, just, I was just always like, if you like me, you'll love this other guy. He's legit. <laughs> you, should, <laughs> you probably should have had him on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, I think I said something, I, I talked about kind of how we started and yeah. funny songs and all those things. I was like, but I don't really, I was like, I'm not really a comedian. I said, you know, I'm... Anyway, I made a joke. I was like, who knows what a humorist is, but you mm. can just proclaim yourself, I suppose, if you are. I said, I don't even, I said, I just, yeah. think, 
Because I just think, you know, it's just some some dumb things that a publisher allowed me to write. So, uh, well, some of that is true anyway. When you do any job, you you you're a writer because you're writing. You're a painter because you start painting one day. Right. And like there's there's no real line of like, well, now I'm a real boy. Like some people say, like I know some comics who say, you're not a comedian until you can borrow money for a house and put comedian in the box that says yeah, job. Wow. That's when you know you're a professional you know, or whatever. You know. Which I've done now, which is pretty cool. But I'm saying, like, I was a comedian way before then. Seinfeld talked about an interview. Well, this interview that I read, uh, heard with him was really great. And he said, um, comedian is one of those weird jobs. Was like, uh, it's like if somebody, you walked out on stage for the first time and they said, this, he's a surgeon. And they just go, now, cut the patient until he feels better. <laughs> like, that's really what comedy is. It's like. You're introduced as a comedian way before you're really a comedian. Yeah. They would, you would never do it with any other job. This guy wants to be a plumber, so please welcome Bob. And he just starts messing with your pipes, <laughs> right. not knowing any idea of what he's doing. Yeah. And the guy that kind of taught a class that I took, Rick Roberts, who's great and brilliant uh, as far as coaching other comics and new comics. And he would talk about that. He'd be like, when people would bellyache, man, I've been doing this a year. Like, well, how do I know what to charge? And he was like... Don't say no to anything. Absolutely. Because what you're giving people is like, it'd be like when you write a book and you write a, a manuscript, a, a proposal, mm -hmm. like the book's not done. You don't expect to get paid for the book yet. Right. And that's what you're doing when you're doing a comedy show and you don't even have like five, ten minutes yet. But your belly aching is like, that guy gave me 50 bucks. Well, yeah, you gave him half a chapter of your book. Right. And even that wasn't great yet. It's not as good as it's going to be. No, and that's why sometimes I end up doing proposals for free for that very reason. Like yeah, for, show the, them for that the chance of it. Like, yeah. yeah, I'd rather try to earn my way into that right. manuscript opportunity if possible. But no, it, it was it was – it was funny. Oh, and then at the end of the radio, you'll love this, of the interview, she said, so you can check out John Driver's book at avidoutdoorsmanbook.com. Literally, she reversed it and then went to commercial. Like, I never never came back and said hi to me. Wait, off wait, wait. You I was like, hold on a second. But I didn't want to be that guy. I was like, well, you well, know Well, do you think like four people probably went to the... Is there an avid outdoorsman book? Book.com. I don't know. I had already, I had already said avid indoorsman. <laughs> I'm going to in buy interview. that domain. <laughs> it'll link, it'll link right to my website. <laughs> I'm wearing like, this doesn't look like an outdoorsman. <laughs> this guy. It's just me. I've like superimposed a flannel shirt onto myself. I'm holding an ax instead of a mic. I can tell you, I'm actually really nervous because uh, I have a TV interview next week. Oh, wow. I'll be honest with you. I don't get nervous very often. Like I'm kind of nervous. I'm going to really bomb. We're in a new. You're in a new thing. You're not nervous at what you do. Well, I've, I've done now. tons. Of, I've done tons of videos. Yeah. But I'm nervous. Here's what I've learned, and you know this, and this is why again I would never even pretend to act like I do anything related to comedy. Okay. Because my best friend's a comedian. Like I know exactly what it is you do all day, who you run with all day, how hard it is, what you're writing, what, you know, like it is a whole other level of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm not anywhere. I'm not doing anything like that. So I'm doing this little weird, this well, little weird interview, thing. Well, the interviews here. are hard because you don't know the aptitude of the person. Exactly. How they're going to set you up. And we talked about Darren before Darren Streblow's show <sighs> where he's so great at setting you up to do like, if you're a comic, it's called panel. So like a comic that would do, let's say, The Tonight Show back in the day, or now it would be Jimmy Fallon. There's two ways the comic can go on a show. They would go do stand-up, and they do a five-minute stand-up set. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a network television debut. Welcome, blah, blah, blah. You come out and do your five minutes. Well, once you become like a friend of the show, 
Right, they sit down and he feeds you stuff. They just bring you to the couch, and yeah. then he's going, so, so you just got a new dog, I hear. And then you go into your dog bit. Yeah. And then, you know, Jimmy Fallon laughs at it. And it's, like, even better than stand-up sometimes. Sometimes it's, like, a little bit, it bogs down. But if somebody's really good at panel, it feels like this effortless conversation. But most people are awful at panel. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the, the people who are interviewing you. So they're just, like, they have the same four questions, like you said. So what made you interested in humor? Or, like, they don't know what they don't know. Well, and I'm struggling. So Well, and again, I'm not poo-pooing everybody. Like and These Gosh, these aren't comedy why usually. Why do you hate these know, shows that are bringing you on? I know. I'm, uh, <laughs> the thing is, though, I've always heard you talk about that, how I did this radio interview, and they just set me up horrible, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. Because I, I have a few things I'm trying to get to yeah. that if I could deliver them on a perfect day, you might smile. I'm not even gonna say laugh. You know, like I have a couple. Well, but you can see a smile on TV, so that's good. You know, it's hard to yeah. see a smile on radio. I just, but it was just like I don't know. There's, there's this, and I'm struggling to know. And you can give me advice right here, Johnny. On talk about that. Yes. We're talking about things that matter. Like you know whether or not I should, because um, I kind of play like this expert endorsement. But I don't want to stay in the shtick. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I, right. can't, I can't stay that guy the whole time. And then they have a question. She actually asked me, well, tell me how tell me how uh, comedy plays into your Christian faith. Like, I, she actually yeah. went there. And it's not a – these are not, you know, uh, Christian yeah. events. So I was like, oh, man, I'm not really sure I'm ready for that. So, like, yeah. I ended up talking – I don't want to be that guy like, well, you know, the joy of the Lord. Like, I didn't want to do that guy. I didn't want to – yeah. So I basically just talked about how, like, I was like, look, I'm a broken guy. Well, she actually thought you're a minister. So she even brought that up. You're a yeah. minister. How's this play? It's like, yeah, I'm a broken guy living out life with a lot of broken people and we're being made whole together. And at the end of the day, life is hard. And so I want to be able to laugh at myself. I want to be able to, to, to not just look at the dark side of things because I mean, I make a lot of mistakes and doing a lot of things that sometimes laughing is necessary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, not taking life so seriously. I serious. just want to be a healing balm. <laughs> <laughs> to the hurting people around me. I don't know. It's just, it's just, but yeah, it's tough. But so like, I know this is coming in the TV thing. Like, I, and I gotta, I gotta like figure out how much to be that guy, but they're going to want to ask me. How long is the interview? Three minutes. That's not, that's not a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's a but, long time. But I'm just that guy the whole time. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, well, well you, maybe you set it up to them in advance and say like, Hey, I really don't want to do like a character. I don't want to be like. I don't want to run shtick from the book for all three minutes. Yeah. But, I mean, again, I, I don't think they'd even recognize the stuff from the book anyway. That's the thing. I can't tell. Right, if they if, vetted if, you. If they can tell, like, is this guy joking right this now? This is just like they, you're, there's a big, like, <laughs> there's a big, like, uh, note cards on a board. They're thumbtacked to the board, and you're, like, next to, like, <laughs> Bob Soup. Some guy's going to come on and make soup. There's a segment. <laughs> Somebody else. There's the kid, the, whatever, the squirrel on the skateboard. And then you, and it's like, well, that's, uh, who's this guy? They have not read the book, right? No, they haven't it? read the book. Yeah. I mean, again, I told you the other day, I was on an interview where they were looking through the book as they, oh, I see here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like taking out stuff. And some of the stuff they picked out wasn't the funniest yeah. part. You're like, uh, it's bad. oh, well, like they always ask, she asked me, well, tell me about the perfect ergonomic you know, positioning of... Oh, right. I was like, I don't like that question because there's... Like, I used real data. I thought like that was a real that. flat spot in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... I don't think that would... See, that's what I need. That's yeah. what a comedian would say. An author is just like, you know what? <laughs> One time I did this show, it was called Live at Five. Okay, yeah. so Live at Five, I grew, grew up I grew up in Knoxville. You lived in Knoxville for like, whatever, eight years, nine yeah. years, didn't you? Okay, so... 
there's this show called Live at Five. And a lot of towns have a Live at Five kind of show. Like right before the 6 o'clock news, it's like the local interest stories. Live at Five. And it's these other guys. And they're kind of the whimsical local anchors. But then, like a few years ago, they got bumped for some reason to 4 o'clock. But Live at Five was such a strong brand that literally the show is called <laughs> Live at five at four. <laughs> and I am not making that up. So I was on live at five at four uh, to promote this uh, charity uh, comedy show I was doing with a buddy. And they did. They had just had the cooking segment right before us in the little kitchen yeah. set. And she made some whatever lasagna dish. And uh, and I said, <laughs> so I was trying to. And she goes, well, so well, I said, man, that's lasagna. Uh, man, what a, that was great. looked great. And then she goes, yeah, did you have some? I go, yeah, I did. And I go, it was just okay. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> did she laugh? She did. She okay, laughed. Good, she good. laughed. Because I think they. Every, it was obvious that I had not actually tasted it. It was just kind of a funny thing to say. Because you're always just like, this is so. I love that when they pull the, the, the one that's all the way done out of the oven. That's really, uh, you know, this is what you can expect 45 minutes from now. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I don't know. It just, it just looks okay to me. But, um, yeah, those shows are weird. And you never know how you're coming off to everyone else watching. Right, um, like you can be like I killed that, and then when you watch it back, it's never as good. And, oh, you know. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm t- I don't see any way that I come out of this. Some people just jump off the screen at you, you know. And the TV is a great medium. Like you can tell people have this stuff. Well, you know what? We did a funny video that actually is the reason I got this show. They liked they liked what I did in that video, right? But I had it teleprompted. I'd written everything and I cued everything I wanted to happen, you know. But so I had the lines delivered to me exactly as I wanted them. You know what I'm saying? But was it right? Is it what you thought it would be, though? Just like sometimes you think you think you know what you want, and then when they do it, you're like, oh, this is flat. You mean in the video I did? No, no, I thought you meant when you fed questions to somebody. No, I was saying in the video, we oh, made right. the promo video oh, okay, yeah, yeah. for the endorsement. Like, yeah. it worked. Because I, I gave Andrew the questions. Right. I want you wrote like this. It. Okay, that didn't work. Stop. I want to do it again. You yeah. know, and so I got everything I wanted directly, in, and, and it worked well. Um, dude, I know we keep bringing this up. <laughs> I know we keep bringing this up. But and and, and I, I got another review. A review of your so, uh, does this of the plays book this plays this plays into the, the conversation. I think people are going to start screwing you now <laughs> like, because they're going to be like, "This guy's real sensitive. <laughs> He'd be fun to mess with." This one wasn't sensitive. This one, so I got a two star. Oh no! I got a two star. Oh, it, it wasn't on Amazon. It was on this other review service. <laughs> I got a two star, and literally this is the first time like someone who read this book did not get it yeah that you know why i got a two star why because i didn't give enough real answers and information to help them they wanted more actual help right with surviving the indoors johnny <laughs> like they wanted actual like you know he just kept kind of making jokes it's almost stuff. like he was just trying to be funny yeah and it was like <sighs> it, it, well, I, I was like, it's a, I, I don't even know what, to, like that one, I can sleep tonight. Like, I'm fine. You know, you're, okay. You're, we're going we're gonna to go respond to that guy, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not responding. Dear Knucklehead. <laughs> you know, Nerhead is now. Oh, yeah. Like, we need to, Nerhead was used a lot. What if Nerhead was the screen name of that reviewer? <laughs> then it'd be like, wait a minute, this guy's, he listens to the podcast. <laughs> so we did have somebody correct us, and I felt so stupid because I'm Mr. Trivia. Uh-huh. Do you know that I told we to- we totally blew it on the the uh, the bandit car? It was a Pontiac Firebird. There's literally an on fire bird <laughs> on the hood of the car, and I was like, "Yeah, Trans Am. Trans Am. It's not a Trans Am. It's a Pontiac Firebird." 
What's wrong with us? And when somebody said like point of order is like I love the podcast, but point of order, blah blah blah, and I was just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said I'm. We're signing off forever. Oh, that Brett Reynolds though in that car it wasn't he good? He looked so good. Listen, Johnny, we're not afraid to admit our mistakes here. What's what I'm doing right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think you've officially apologized. Well, I mean, I, I've, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You call that an apology? If you apologize like that in your marriage, you're... now look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that if... your feelings are hurt. <laughs> sorry, I married somebody so sensitive. <laughs> oh man, that's. Uh... I'm gonna head to the couch. Oh, wow. I felt bad though. That's uh, that's a bummer. Well, yeah, I wasn't I a, like I loved those movies, but it wasn't like it was like no. my world, and I definitely wasn't into the culture of like let's go get that car. No, couldn't afford that car. Well, no, it just like I wasn't. I knew that that was kind of a, I don't want to say a redneck car, but it was it was kind of a redneck car. By the time I was a teenager, well, he's wearing. If a you saw hat. somebody, if you saw somebody driving that car, you were like, if you're yeah. still, if you're still hanging on to the bandit car when I was a teen, it was like right, this is like Adam late Sandler 80s. and Billy Madison. Pull, right, you pull, pull it up and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. So that was a bummer, though. It so we, disappoints me, though, for you, because you are... It, 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 it eats at me still. Yeah. How could I have not known that? Right. Like, there's so many things. I don't know. You're always the guy that remembers everything. And I have some strange sense of confidence in life because of it. Like, you know what? I if may not know, but Johnny knows. You right. You know what I'm saying? There is something to that. Yeah. And now that's shaking a little bit. Well, it should be. So. I don't know any new pop culture stuff. Like they were doing a, a video when I pulled when I was in New Orleans yesterday. I'll go to the hotel, and on was this local. It was a local live at five at four kind of show, and they were doing the modern like CPR training. Like they only do chest compressions now. You know this, right? They change it all the time. So like now they only recommend chest compressions. They don't do rescue breathing. And so just like in the office episode, they said the song should have a hundred beats per minute. And the song they were telling people was "Staying Alive." And you remember the scene in the I office, right? When he leans down, he goes, oh, I know this one. At first I was afraid. I was petrified. He's doing like really slow. They go, no, that's not staying alive. And so then they show everybody. But they said that there's a problem now when they're teaching CPR to this generation. They don't know the song staying alive. alive. So they have like a Spotify playlist of CPR oh, songs. Oh and they were playing like a game of like, let's see if we can remember these songs. And I'm telling you, I did not know any of them. Wow. It was like some really... Surely. Random, random Beyonce song, and then an Ariana Grande song, and I was just like, I would not know. Wow. So, I mean, luckily, I remember staying alive. <laughs> so, would you do? Do you know CPR? I took CPR. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most politician answer ever. Can I tell you something? I took a class. <laughs> uh, there was coffee there. I had a donut, and they gave me a card at the end. I paid $65. I got to tell you something. You don't know CPR. So we've had several medical like emergencies yeah. at church in the last six months or so. Uh, and number one thing I do in an emergency, the first thing. Panic. Is I run to get my wife. <laughs> yeah, because she's a medical <laughs> she professional. she is an yeah. ER nurse. And, so, and, and it's a thing of beauty. When an emergency happens... And somebody's down on the floor. The lights come on for Laura. She's oh my like, gosh! Let's go. She's another action. Yeah, another person. Yeah, and and multiple times. So one time it happened. We were over at the wedding chapel, and we had a guy named Tommy Trumbo who went down uh, in a class. He just passed out. Yeah. My wife flung chairs like that. They were little. 
you know, pieces of paper, like <laughs> just like just dismantled the whole sanctuary to get to did, him. Like, did, a, like a, is this guy okay? Did he he was up? fine. I'm so glad because I want to. It's just such a. It's like a. It's like a folk tale. Hey, well, the he, tale of Tommy Trumbo. He, <laughs> well, he's really old, and he helped us build this church. Remember Tommy Trumbo? He's the guy. He Barely. was the guy that helped us build the church. He was the the mastermind of it all. Okay. So he owned like a really successful construction company in Memphis, and then went into ministry where he travels in an RV and helps build churches and stuff. Okay, the yeah, I did meet him. So like, very, very like knows everything about everything. Probably, I mean, the guy's except for staying hydrated. Evidently, I don't know. He, he yeah, he, we passed that. He came to, but he loves he loves to kind of bug us about it. He swears up and down every time we see him yeah. that Laura slapped him. You know, oh, wow. she's like, I, he's real country. You know, he's like, I don't go slapping me again, Laura. You know, <laughs> she's like, Mr. Tommy, I did not slap. He loves it though. He laughs and giggles. So the other day, <laughs> the other day, somebody went down, uh, and passed out. And, uh, and so our pastor's wife, Miss Julie, this, is during service? This, was, this was during our eight thirty dream oh team gosh. service. And it was Miss Julie's dad, Mr. Don, who's just, I'm, I'm, I mean, my favorite guy. Oh, in the he's world, a terrific know? person. And so he's having some blood pressure issues and other things. And, uh, so we don't know that in the moment, you know, right, he's you just, don't. he's unconscious. Yeah. And Julie's over him, dad, dad. And, and so we, Laura just came in the back and we were actually hugging each other. And kind of not paying attention. It was in a transition. I just finished worship, and we were in a in a greeting, and so we were greeting each other. You guys can't keep your hands <laughs> off each other for five minutes. So a man's life is in danger. <laughs> so someone calls for us. You're fulfilling your carnal lusts. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Jeez. And so I, I swear to you, yeah. she ran over there, yeah, and picked, took charge. She picked Julie up off the ground and tossed her like a rag doll to the side to get to her oh, father. That seems, no. That's intense. And it was, it was just like, and so obviously he was okay. The ambulance came, took him and it was a really, really scary moment. But later yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, you just tossed my boss's wife. Yeah. Like, like she was nothing across. It's like, she's like, Oh my gosh, I, I feel so bad. But she just is clearing the way. Well, she know? did CrossFit for a while. So it's just like, <laughs> she was like, just dead. Like her. flipping her like a, like one of those big tires. <laughs> <laughs> just so if, that's if, her wad for the day if there's an emergency 82 julie tosses <laughs> it just threw her man you get timed for them oh it was awesome but she really is amazing so my number one thing is and actually we had a big conversation i had like an executive pastor conversation after our last one uh so we have totally redone our entire like first aid emergency response kids they're yeah. all Labeled, we know where they are. Who you got the AED call, thing on the wall? The list of the nurses in the building that may be around at any given time, right. or doctors, people that we know we can ask to come to it. And so, hey, your first line, you know, every staff member. So I've like minimally trained them for like quick response, get the nine one one call, get people out of the way, and until until a medical personnel is on site or one of or a senior staff member. You're in charge, so don't go running off anywhere. Like, yeah. you know, stay with them and get this thing right. moving. Uh, send people, you know, uh, don't assume somebody's called 911. Because I'll always be like, did anyone call 911? And everyone's in shock. Like, I see somebody with a <laughs> right. phone to their ear. They, I don't know who they're calling. Yeah. So I usually will always call myself. So, you know, you have to verify that an ambulance is on its way and everything. But. I remember one time at uh, when I was applying for a job, like a fast food place. As like a smart like kid, and there was like a thing that said emergency contact or in case of emergency contact, and I wrote the proper authorities <laughs> instead of putting a name down. And McDonald's did not hire me. Uh, 
So, wow, well, it was grooming you for a better position. It was. I was even then. I was like, I'm better than this place, and I'm not. I'm so not better because <laughs> now what I do is take all the money I make from comedy and, and go spend it to McDonald's. McDonald's. Right? They get the last laugh. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Brutal. Wow. Well, you know what's funny is uh, it's not funny actually, but did you know? Would you ever be confident enough to actually use uh, one of the defibrillators on somebody? I don't know. Well, it's it doesn't it say instructions to you now attach electro. So that's the new thing that I just told the staff. Like I didn't right. realize quite all of that, but yeah, I've but, seen a video of them, and so evidently it's not like you have to pull out a manual and be correct. like step you, one, step two. You put it on them, and then it will evaluate what's happening and yeah. tell you. It's like the check engine light thing that you go to yeah, AutoZone like, for. I'm telling you, it gives you a code four fifty two. What's four fifty two? His liver's <laughs> failing. You have to find the code. <laughs> but it does. It tells you. So that's the first thing. It's like, hey, when in doubt, don't be afraid to hook it up. Because everyone's always afraid they're going to shock somebody. You know, like, it's just going to happen. Like, you, oh, when, I, when it, to hook it up just to anybody? When in doubt? No, I'm saying when somebody's oh, down, like, like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to know if he needs to be shocked or not or whatever. You know. So, But it turns out, I'm sure everyone who's <laughs> listening already knew that. You don't have to worry about it. It will tell you what to do. It's an automatic electronic defibrillator, AED? An AED. Yeah. Dude, there was a dude. Have you heard this story about David Crowder's church back when he was like he was he was on the road a little while. He was a known guy, but he wasn't like as big as he is now. But evidently, at his home church, they were baptizing a guy, and the mic fell in the water. This was David Crowder's pastor, and the guy like got electrocuted. Oh wow! And so, can you imagine what a nightmare scenario? It's like this beautiful celebration. I think that there would be enough. And evidently, there was. I mean, maybe it was phantom power. I don't know what's going on, man. We never knew what phantom power was. Yeah, what we were doing. The- it sends a charge. It's yeah. Maybe some mics. What- some mics require a yeah. little electricity. Maybe so. that's what was happening. But all I know is it was bad. Even then, it's only like phantom power is what I'm looking at it on my thing here. I don't know. It's Forty-eight volts. But I guess I the know, water. I we guess when the water conducting it. Anyway, sorry, your story. Anyway, it was a mess. This probably doesn't matter. That I don't know. Do you remember when you were doing... Is that the, the end of your story? Yeah, that's it. The guy oh. died. Yeah, it's really He sad. died? Yeah, he died. That's horrible. Yeah, this was years ago. The pastor died? The pastor died, Was someone else in there with him? <sighs> if they both died, I'm really sad. We oh need to look it up. I, I'm, an, I'm spreading spurious information now again. This is Firebird all over again. Oh, my gosh. So, I'll look it up and we'll find it out. We'll put it on the podcast notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing I was remember when you were talking about the building was I wasn't here this day because I used to come down and hang out and I'd help sometimes help it's in huge air quotes I'd shovel gravel with you guys in a hole while you were building the church but I remember I came down one time and it was like a week after you had gotten your head stuck between <laughs> like a, one of the big beams oh, yeah. and the wall like you went up there to do something yeah. why did you need your head up there anyway I think we were installing a light or something in Andrew's office upstairs, yeah. and so I stuck my head up in there. Or, and it was we were, like the, or maybe we were installing the uh, maybe we were installing the door frame. Probably. And so we put it, it was in, right in the closet. We put it in to see if it fit. And I was looking up in there to see where to screw it in or whatever, and then my head couldn't wouldn't come. It was out. like the banisters, like the banister as a yeah. kid. Yeah. Head goes in great. On it, a and I'm on a ladder. Yeah. So it's not like I can. Yeah. You know, like on a ladder with my head stuck up between. That's like two that. pieces of steel. That's a panic. That's like a, you start making like animal noises, the panic of like, like you just oh, can't, you yeah. can't figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, I remember I had the guys around laughing at least, you know, that helps a little bit because if they're laughing. They're at the foot of the ladder laughing at you? Well, they're laughing that it's funny. Right. 
so that you don't feel so panicked that it kind of makes you feel better. Like, okay, somebody, if they're not laughing. Well, that's, it's true. Right. Then something's. Blood's trickling down <laughs> from your head somehow. Well, it's like, that's the thing too. A bunch of guys are construction. It does, it, it, it elicits that kind of, there's a, a gallows humor of things like that. When somebody gets hurt or whatever, as long as they're okay, okay. It's yeah. Like a, but I mean, the, the pranks. On construction sites are dangerous anyway. That's not a prank, but I'm just saying. Like I remember when I worked. Did I tell you the story when I worked at Home Depot? People would do. They would do, like, uh, if you raise a forklift, you know the little, the little uh, whatever you call it, the hydraulic is exposed, and you can just wipe your hand out. And there's oil, hydraulic oil. Uh-huh, yeah. And they would take that oil and put it on the receiver end of the phone <laughs> right by the break room. And then they go another place when they watch and they call that phone. So when we were on the way to the break room, I'm like a cashier. At Home Depot. And you hear a phone ring, you're supposed to pick it up because it could be, you know, a customer needing help or whatever. So you pick it up, you just get this this warm oil running down your Shoot. That happened to me five times probably when I worked there. Wow. There was always somebody doing stupid stuff like that. But then they would do stuff that was dangerous too. Like they you get confident. Like if you were leaving, uh, they'd prank you with shrink wrap. Shrink wrap was everywhere. And you know what that is, right? It's like the yeah. saran wrap. It's like you pull it tight and you wrap like huge pallets of boxes up together yeah. and it holds them tight. They'd shrink wrap people to things. One yeah. time they shrunk wrap a guy to or shrink wrapped. I don't know what the plural of <laughs> what the past tense of. They shrunk wrapped this guy and uh, to a pallet of water heaters and put him in the overhead overnight. <laughs> like they put him on the third like rack way up, like 20 feet in the air. And they just like closed the store. No way. Yeah. He stayed there all night. He stayed there all night. That's, I yeah, think I, I would report That's like that. assault. That's, yeah. a haze, that's beyond hazing. That's like traumatizing. Yeah. He never said a word. Like I heard the story from him and I, so I know it was true, but he wasn't like, and I called HR. He was just like, those knuckleheads. I was like, dude, yeah, no, this I mean, is bad. He worked there another like five years after that. Well, I told you, you know, I had some friends, uh, and they didn't mean nothing by it. But you remember this in college. You talk about the animal noises and oh, right. stuff. The oh, lady, when they dogpiled you. Yeah. Well, in high school, in fact, my, these were friends, my friends, and I'm still friends uh, with all of them. I just don't, I don't get to talk to most of them. A couple of them, one of them listens to our podcast uh, a lot. And another I'll go eat lunch with every once in a while, those kinds of things. I, You know, it's just, you just, you know. But this scene is running drift. in the background of all those interactions. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the deal was growing up with they, you know, you always talk about me being an easy target and everything for whatever reason. Like since like second grade, third grade, I mean, all the way through high school, like dogpiling John was like a thing. Like we would just, you know. I don't even understand this dogpiling. I never heard of it. We would is just it be regional? wrestling or whatever. Was it regional? <laughs> is it a Nashville thing? I grew I up know. in Knoxville. They just jump on you. Yeah, we're just at, at a moment's around. notice. They decide there's one person going to be yeah the, at the bottom of this pile. That's going to be me. Were you like a runt? I don't think so. I don't know. So you why. weren't the, necessarily the smallest guy. They just no, were like, I wasn't the smallest. Hey, John was... won't tell on us. I don't know <laughs> because I'd laugh and it was funny, you know. And we were just it was always you know. And so in college, uh, I came in my dorm room one night, and dude, when your college is bigger, and then we had this tile floor, mm-hmm. and they jumped on me, but one of them pulled my arm back. Like if I could go on my side, you know, yeah, it hurts yeah. and everything. But they pulled my arm back, so I was flat. Yeah, on my back, and there were seven of them. Oh wow! And we, they weren't small anymore. Like yeah. And I remember that you know, like 
that thing you're talking about. This is one of the scariest moments. Like I was, I it's like you're going to die. I'm dying. Yeah. Like I haven't breathed now in about 45 seconds because they've compressed my chest and I can't, you know, you're trapped and like you're getting crushed. And I, I made some sort of like adrenaline animal. Yeah. Like I did. Make, make the noise for me. I don't remember what it was. I want to hear the noise. <laughs> Whatever it was at first, they laughed, you know, oh, because right. they thought, oh, you know, and I came out of, I don't know, I started just, I don't know if I had strength or whatever. Or they finally just knew something was wrong. You, and know? you killed more Philistines <laughs> in your death <laughs> than you had in your entire life. Dude, I came out of there crazy. Like yeah, I, was, I, bet I you came did. up swinging, throwing everything I could yeah. find. I mean, I was screaming. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I lost it, you know. And I remember when I called you, I was like, yeah. Because it was terrifying. And I know it sounds crazy. You're like, oh, it's just guys messing around. And we were. And we'd done it a hundred times, but just that one particular time. But wasn't it like running in the background of this? I remember this, and I think some of, part of this was they were a little bit miffed at you because you kind of pulled away from their scene a little bit. You were doing a lot of the – we were doing college ministry together, and so you were kind of not as tight yeah. with them. So it was almost a little bit of that was part of it maybe, and then maybe I, at least what you thought was. I think they were trying to – be buddies with me again yeah we were still living together only guys would do that yeah it's like a you'd never hear a girl say like we just feel like jennifer is distant from us let's jump on her head (laughs) well they knew i think in their mind yeah we'll just go have fun and like the old days and and so uh and i wasn't (laughs) traumatized john forever to be honest with you i wish i would have been a better friend you know i wish i would have too uh to you to them everybody really so uh uh you know and i talked to one of them you know, years later, and, and I was like, man, I'm sorry. He was like, are you kidding? Man, we're sorry. You know, like it was not a – it was just dudes being dudes and being in college and all all that stuff. But that feeling, I hope to God in heaven no yeah. one ever has to feel that. Like that was awful, like just that horrible uh, – It's a bad feeling. But hazing is weird, and I think there's uh, like people – like the traditions of hazing is so strange. My buddy Brent ran track, and those guys had their own thing. They would tackle you and like pull your shirt up. And they would all smack your belly until it got so red. They call yeah. it a cherry belly. Yeah. And I said, I never heard of such a thing. What in the world? Yeah. And he showed me one time. It was a whelp. And it was just from them all smacking him a hundred times each. Yeah. Uh, for winning the race. Yeah. Congratulations. Here's a boil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a contusion I, yeah, for you. I don't, you know, again, I don't understand hazing. In some ways, like I understand, like I understand rites of passage a little bit, right? Or like ribbing somebody, yeah. Or uh, I, it's like pulling the girl's pigtail that you have a crush on. Like right? there's something to that in relationships where you're like, yeah. Uh, comics do it with each other. Like if I don't think a comic is funny, I'll usually just leave them alone. But if I have respect for somebody, then I'll I'll give them a little bit of yeah. I'll give them a little bit of back and forth because I think it's fun. Yeah, and, and again, I think even the term initiation, which we we generally now equate with hazing, yeah, or like a pledge, like right. for a fraternity. But I think some sort of again, right of passage, some sort of event that's not harmful to people, that's a challenge, or that's a common challenge that we all go through together and come on the other side. I think that that's just a part sometimes of community. That's why we take trips and stuff. Yeah, you know, that's why you take you know take the staff somewhere or go do something like a common. Event. Let's go. Remember, remember when we we went um, rappelling yeah. when you were on staff. You know, and some of some of the staff was terrified of that. You know, I but, not, yeah, I was but, very scared. <laughs> we may be looking at one right now. Yeah, I was scared. But you know, that's a common thing. You come through, and but like, well, I'm always like weird about that stuff too, because it's like when they're putting harnesses on you, and you're just like, 
what are these rated for? Like, I'm a big guy. I'm always just like asking the questions like the 150 pound people don't ask. You know, I'm just like, we're going to go down the side of this. Who, who brought the rope? Just, can we, who knows more about this rope? You know, there's just, there's questions I'm asking that maybe y'all weren't thinking of. Yeah. So I'm going over shaking the tree that it's tied to real good. Like, all right, this thing's rooted. Okay. Okay. That was fun though. We yeah, should do that fun. again. Well, you know, there's Where was that stone door? That was in, yeah, Stone Mountain. Stone, no, no wait, Stone sorry. Mountain's Georgia. That's where they have the weird, Stone. like, the, the Daughters of the Revolution, or the Daughters of the, not, what is it, the Confederacy, have the big, like, engraved Civil War soldiers oh, on man. the side of the mountain in Stone Mountain. Wow. Then they do a laser light show and make it look like the horses are moving. Wow. Yeah. I have not seen that. It's super racist. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, by the way, yeah. so I went on a cruise, you know. I know. We talked about it the first part, and then you didn't even elaborate yeah. on it. You were just like, I said, I'm always saying that we're tired. But you have a right to be tired, John. You've been on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. I want to know this, because we're almost done, I know, but did you stay on keto? So... <laughs> I already know. No, I, so, I, I never planned on staying completely on keto. My 45th bowl of ice cream. I will say this. I had eased into some things. <laughs> Like before we even left, because I don't want to get there and get sick or whatever. So I had <laughs> I had eased in a little bit, tried a few things here and there. Like for example, uh -huh. I go to IHOP, right? You know, and I get these free pancakes with my keto, uh, <laughs> my keto. You, we had that the other day, and you yeah. ate three bites of the pancakes. Well, what I did was is is you know the butter <laughs> in the middle. I will eat the triangle up a triangle out of the pancake up to the butter in the middle. <laughs> And then leave it. So it's just like a Pac-Man when I get done, you know. So, uh -huh, But but uh -huh. that's a little bit, and it gives my body a little bit of that sugar and carb, and, you know, I'm getting used to it. So I actually did pretty well. Um, by the end of it, I was I had an ice cream cone, you know, and I had some things. But, In each hand. But, <laughs> like, I would, they would make fun of me. I would usually order, like, two entrees, though, because you can do that. Right, and you can and, pick the meat and out And I would it. eat the, the yeah. protein, you know, out of both or whatever. But right. I might also have a Caesar salad and maybe have it, you know, yes, I ate, I ate quite a bit. I only yeah. hey I gained four pounds. Oh, that's not bad at that's all. Not, for a I, I expected a lot more. My wife gained one point two. Like she pretty much ate keto the entire time. Go oh, Laura. Like I was very impressed, very impressed. Uh, but I went running. On yeah, y'all ran on the thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you about this. This is really really cool and interesting. I'm actually using this. I think maybe Sunday. I haven't decided. Oh, this, with sermon illustration prep. Oh, I'll be telling you. It's a preview. So there's a there's a track on deck five. In, in sometimes so, you're on a cruise ship. Sometimes you're on deck five. That you paid a lot of money for. And you're right. You're by. at sea, and let's say you're really well off. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> and so it has like a lane for walkers and runners yeah. and stuff. And so uh, seven point two. Laps around the ship is three miles. Okay, so that's how big the ship is. I mean, that's it's a big so, boat. It's huge. And so the second time I went running, I thought, you know, I wonder because I don't have internet. Yeah. But sometimes GPS keeps working on mm -hmm. your on your stuff. So I I have my running app. I thought, well, I'd like to log these miles. And besides, I don't want to be counting the laps because it's really after a while, I was like, oh, was that four? Was that five? Right. You know, like you're not thinking. It's always whatever one up <laughs> what you're confused of. So I pulled out my RunKeeper app, and, yeah. I, and I turned it on, and sure enough, it finds me out in the ocean. Hmm. And it says, you know, okay, so I'm running. And I run for two minutes, and it says, it comes on and says, uh, 
You have ran 1.0 miles. Average time, 2 minutes, 15 seconds. Oh, because it's counting in the boat's motion, too, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the fastest mile I've ever ran or any human has. But I realized, <laughs> like, the boat was in motion the yeah. entire time, mm. regardless of what I was doing. And, dude, it's just like that's that's the community, the gospel, grace, all those things. Like, look, what we, we worry so much, Johnny. About our own effort. Yeah, about what we're doing. God, well. But we're part my... of something bigger. Exactly. By faith, like I a am, really expensive cruise ship, Johnny. It was paid at a high price that you that you paid to be on. No, like, I didn't oh, pay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you, you didn't pay, but you <laughs> you really, guys snuck onto a cruise ship. Well, no, I'm saying in the metaphor. Oh, you mean for the metaphor? Jesus paid for the metaphor. You're a stowaway. You're like Leo DiCaprio. No, for the metaphor. You painted Laura like one of your French girls. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> it came way off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good analogy. Yeah, it's like, look, we're a stowaway on this big gray ship. What you do matters, but like, it's not up to you to get the boat across the ocean, John. You know what I'm saying? I, got, I already got the analogy. All right, here we go. All aboard the fellowship, <laughs> because it's about community, John. Oh my goodness! This is going to be the Wednesday night, the Wednesday night, Wednesday night sermon series. That does now. sound like something I would say and then decide against saying. Toot. It's like, Toot. Toot. <laughs> All aboard the fellowship. <laughs> you know, and we value your fellowship here on Talk About That. We do, listener, and uh, we uh, we would just like to thank you as always for uh, your continued support. I we, we're not really getting support yet. We had a review uh, that said they loved the show <laughs> and that also we say the word bro a bit too much. <laughs> and I've, I, it made me a little self-conscious. I can't rem- Have we said bro a lot today? I don't know if I said it. Because I thought I, I need to watch myself and then I totally forgot up to watch myself. Yeah. So I, if we've said bro a lot today, I apologize. And that reviewer, I don't think you're being nitpicky. I think I probably do say bro a lot. Yeah. But I don't think I mean it in the same way as like. A dude bro would do it. It's not a dude just, bro, bro. I just, I think I say bro in a more enlightened way. It's like, it's like somebody that watches the Muppets. It's a kid versus somebody that watches an adult and they go, right. well, I appreciate the Muppets on a much deeper level than you do. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm that kind of person that says bro, even though I'm probably not. So, yeah, uh, it truly is an affectionate term for me. I'm not just throwing out I words I mean here. brother. Yeah. I don't want to say brother per se. Not like Hulk, but if you say brother, like it's like uh, the Hulk Hogan. Thing. Right. Brother. Hey there, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was watching my bros today, so I may hopefully have said, we didn't. You let a couple um, bros slip out? If I did, I apologize. We need a bro count. We do. We or like a bro jar. Yeah, bro. Put a dollar in. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you have to be able to hear it on the show, so it needs to be like a sack of joey a dollar. <laughs> Clink! Every time we say bro. We'll get, we'll get it installed. Yeah. Thank Maybe you. somebody will do it. We can have like a bro count that somebody, somebody follows up with us. Do you think that we're like, right now... We are training the listeners mm. that they're going to get mentioned on the air if they criticize us in some sort of way. <laughs> For so now, sure. Yeah. We're, For sure. You've clapped back at reviewers. You've uh-huh. mentioned another bad review now. Yeah. We're reinforcing that bad behavior of, gets a lot of attention. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the way of the world. It really is. Yeah. Squeaky wheel, bro. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We need to pick out just a really normal reviewer who's like, I just like these guys. And, they yeah. incur- and just like read that over and over again. So, bro. If you give us a positive thing, then we... It just feels weird to read positive things about yourself. It does. Because they just feel self-congratulatory. It does. And, 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 and that's what we do after the show. Right. We go congratulate ourselves every episode. Yeah. So I get you a gift every time. That's so nice. You didn't know? Yeah. Okay. 
Hey, but thanks for listening, and please uh, share it. Follow us on social media. Send us topics, things you would like to hear about, uh, questions you have for uh, Johnny or for myself, and we'd love to talk about those things on the show. Uh, well, we'll see you next week, though, here on Talk About That. There's nothing in this world that he cannot do if we truly allow his love. We can do nothing without him. Anything that we do apart from him is not something that's permanent. We all need his grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people on our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.